1: Tano be simple. You Gitanov is simple, you got glum, it's folly, do
2: Oisem, Oisem, no. I need kids for I'll play my
0: about that, Jay. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> oh boy, it's been one of those mornings you think you're turning off the music and you're turning off your own microphone. Simcha liner with Va'at Amaro, Moda Ani done by Gavriel Tumbach, Shlomo Katz had Va'akon him, Believers done by Moshe Hecht, Mordechai Shapiro's Schar Mitzvah, Bo-Bo-Bo, that's Ohad, Avremel Avram Fried with Kapara, and Regesh, Moda Ani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Wednesday on the 7th of September to 4th of Elul. We are blowing chauffeur. We are getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. Believe it or not, the brand new year of 5777, 7, 7, just three and a half weeks away. Could you imagine? 72 degrees outside with 86% humidity. Winds a north at 15. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high temperature of 85. Then tonight, mostly clear, a low of 72. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high of 90. Yushalayim is at 80. We're at 72 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM, 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning and welcome. Thanks for joining us. We'll have tickets later on for the World Baseball Classic, Israel playing in the game the 22nd of September at MCU Park in Brooklyn, New York. That is exciting and we get an opportunity to uh, encourage everyone to be there that night and root on the state of Israel and Israel's national team. So we are looking forward to that. Uh, we'll check in later today with. Um, we'll check in later today with students from Yeshiva University who have spent their summer, or at least a part of their summer, helping people who have been in very challenging flood-ravaged situations in this country. Yeah, and we get a chance to uh, highlight students like that. We take the opportunity. So we'll do that later on and plenty more between now and nine o'clock. At nine o'clock, a, um, a brand new program that uh, Yoni Pollock is going to be hosting officially. And, um, at uh, today, the presentation of the program is going to be done by, uh, Gorf, the one and only Jordan B. Gorfinkel. That's coming up at nine o'clock this morning here at JMNAM.org and we'll explain the whole concept coming up. Uh, A little later on during the program. Um, Chicago is this Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. We start our broadcast from the Taste of Kosher Food Fair. That's being presented by Jewel Osco in uh, Chicago, more accurately in Evanston at 2485 Howard Street. If you know anybody out there in Illinois, friend, and or relative, and or acquaintance, and or business associate. Tell them the event is from noon to five local time, and that Chicago time, we're going to hit the airwaves at one o'clock on the stream, and of course on the NSN app. Uh, We are looking forward to being out there, and uh, spreading the word in Chicago, Illinois, about our amazing programming. And a big shout out, by the way, to uh, Yossi Devora. And the entire staff of Traveler's Choice, you know if there's travel, they are always behind it for us here at uh, JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. So thank you to Yossi and Devora of Traveler's Choice, who I would bet are pretty busy these days making sure everybody has their Sukkot plans set the way they want them set. Uh, anyway, so make sure to be tuned in, no matter where you are around the world, make sure to be uh, listening and watching. 2 p.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday when we invade Chicago, Illinois. It should be a lot of fun. The Jewel Osco Kosher Marketplace in Evanston. Wednesday morning broadcast at 19 minutes before 7 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world on the web, jnm.org, and of course on the NSN app. And the NSN app gives you the chance to comment on anything going on during this radio program and at any point, uh, during the, uh, our programming. I've, I see there are comments that, oh my gosh, a lot of comments came in after midnight last night, local time, I must say. Wow. Uh, if you want to start the comments for this morning, we welcome it. Go to the NSN app for Android or iPhone. You'll see on the home screen it says add a comment. And comment away. Here's Yaakov schwecki This is JM in the AM. in the AM, Shal Sheles Jr. with the um, thankful title track here at JM in the AM, before that Ellie Schwebel with We Are One, Am Yisrael Chai was done by Eitan Freloch you heard Yaakov Shweki's Birch Abayis off the uh, We Are a Miracle CD, Wednesday morning it's JM in the AM with 72 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun and a high temperature of 85, thanks so much for tuning in. Again, if you have uh, friends or relatives in Chicago, let them know. We'll be there Sunday at the Jewel Osco Kosher Marketplace Celebration. That event goes from 12 to 5 local time. And starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be uh, on the air on the stream from there. So if you know anybody in Chicago, you make sure to let them know about that and tell them they should be very excited that we're coming out there. (laughs) Yeah try to uh, inject some excitement <laughs> some excitement rather uh, into them um, as they anticipate our arrival there this weekend. JM in the AM with the tickets to the World Baseball Classic. We'll do that a little later on this morning as uh, Israel goes up against Great Britain, the Israel national baseball team against Great Britain for the World Co- not the World Cup, the World Baseball Classic qualifier That's the 22nd of September at MCU Park in Brooklyn. So we'll do that later on and plenty more coming up here. At JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County, and 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonya and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, JM in the AM.org. And, of course, on the NSN app. Uh, Galitzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. <clears throat> we'll do our news from Israel coming up. And um, then move into hour number two of this great radio broadcast. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday, follows next. We say Boquer To from J.M.N.
3: ראש עיריית נתניה מרים פיירברג נעצרה בתום שעות של חקירה בעזרה, כתבנו איתמר קציר.
4: פיירברג נכרת כבר במשך שלוש שעות בחשד לקבלת שוחד, שעבר לה בין היתר על ידי בנת ספריר שנעצר אתמול. המשטרה ערכה בוקר גל מעצרים נוסף, הכולל גם את סגן ראש העיר ומקוריו נוסף של פיירברג, וארבעת החשודים נבעו בשעות הקרובות להערכת מעצר.
3: לבית המשפט העליון הסתיים הדיון בעתירה נגד החוק להגבלת שכר בחירים. אחר שימוק דמי יותר, רדיוס שופתי בגאז כי לא יתרבו בו. חברת הכנסת שלי יחימוביץ' מיזמות החוק אמר לחתבען ותמר וברונן שכאית נתן לאוציא את הוזמתו לדירך.
5: מדובר באניטרונ בנקה. החוק שaya צריך להחקק כבר לפנאי שנימונות. כבר התשפוחה במבורחות, על משך. למשל ראינו את החברת הריאל מהלัย צחראמינום בחברה לработ צחראם של עובדי אקבלן לשש 6000 שקלים. זה מצוין מבחן TI שיוברים עם השפוחה על סחר
3: the Prime Minister of Netanyahu is <laughs> the president of the United States <laughs> of Holland and the members of the foreign government of the Parliament. Netanyahu said that Israel is <laughs> also against Europe in the attack of terror. We are going to the flag of המועצות הדתיות הממונות על ידי שר הדתות מועסקת אישה אחת בלבד מתוך 70 בעלי תפקידים כך מבדיקה שערך כתבנו אורי עיגרה במועצה היריעה שלא הצליחו לבחור מועצה דתית בהניך בחירה רגיל חוק נותן לסר הדתות את הסמכות למנות שני אנשים שמנהלים את ענייני הדת במועצה כיום מתוך 70 מקומות כאלו ישנה אישה אחת בלבד במועצת הקור בגלל הנתון הזה הנו בארגון איטין לאועץ המשפטי לממשלה לדרוש שינוי בכמות אנשים במקומות אלו ולהביא לשיביון נגדרים. ראש שלבון הפשע, אמיר מולנר, שנעצר בשבוע שעבר, תובע שני מיליון שקלים וחצי מהמשטרה, וטענה שהושפל בבית המעצר. רועך דינו, רונן רבי, טוען כי לא ניתנה לו האפשרות לצאת לשירותים במשך שעות, ואחד השוטרים הפתעד אותו מבצע את צרכיו בתוך
5: ישראל רמסה ברגל גסה את של אמיר מולנר, וכך עכשיו ניסתה לצלם אותו ואת דבריו המוצנעים. דבר שלא יעשה בבינת ישראל, מנע שעות. לא את מימיו,
3: דבר שהוא חמור כמו כמותו. הסיפור פורסם היום באתר וויינט. בתוך כך הותר לפרסום כי מיכאל מור הוא ראש ארגון הפשע שנעצר בוקר לאחר שברכבו נמצאו כלי תקיפה. הוא שוחרר לפני שעה קלה על ידי בית משפט השלום בתל אביב. בצרפת הותר לפרסום כי לפני כמה ימים הותר רכב ובו מייחלי גז סמוך להכנסיית נוטרדם בפריז. على الرغم ويا بيرشيمت المعارك של סרונות המודיעין הצרפתית, ולפי ערשויות, הותר לאחרונה תהליך הקצנה דתית, כתובתן שירנאות.
0: המכונית נימצה ביום שבת האחרון באזור המרכזי של העיר פריז כשבאה ככול נראה שבעה בלוני גז מתוך אחד רכב, בא לרכב הופיה בורשימת המאבק של שרות המודיעין של צרפת בחשד שעבר הקצנה דתית ונעצר, inzot במכונית לא נמצא פצצה מסוג שהוא או חומרי נפט.
3: מסגביר מחר על יקלה בטמפרטורות. אלה חדשות שאור יחדר שי
4: בחסות מיפא לא גם בהגרלות.
0: J.M. in the A.M. That is the type of uh, Uncle Mishy medley where we're going to get a call or two about where people can get it because <laughs> he's got so many classics in there. It's a dance medley off of the uh, album entitled Let's Bounce. Uncle Mishy and his Mitsuman. Uncle Mishy is actually going to be with us in Chicago uh, on Sunday at the Jewel Osco celebration at the Kosher Marketplace. Quarter after 7 o'clock. It's Wednesday at J.M. them the A.M. with 72 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun. Hello, hello. First day of school for a lot of people. For a lot of folks, it is the first day of school, so let us take this opportunity to wish everybody, youngsters and those who may not be so young, the best of luck as the school year commences and everybody embarks on yet another year-long or almost year-long adventure in the world of education. Uh, Make it a, a successful school year ahead, everybody, principals faculty, parents, students, athletes. After all, the Yeshiva League, I'm sure, is ready to get into full swing, and we'll have the Yeshiva League sports update for everybody on Tuesdays here at JM in the AM. So uh, make sure to uh, do your best, play your hardest, do your hardest, study your hardest, to make it a great school year ahead. Oh, my God, Dover opened up the, uh, the hour with the bridge here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Thanks for tuning in to JM the AM. Here's Ellie Marcus.
1: The Lord is Mikdo Yisroel, 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 Yisroel,
6: Yisroel, 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 Yisroel,
1: i
5: Chayav adam lo mar bishvilin nivraolam, aval de emet kala ola. Chayav adam lo mar bishvilin nivraolam, chayav atal lo mar bishvilin nivraolam, chayav adam lo mar bishvilin aval de emet kala ola.
6: Nata Vien Eka Hiro
2: Israelata Allau in Catanata Vien Eka Hiro Shistra Ela Allau in Catanata. So, in the
0: In the A.M. comes from uh, Avram Willigan family. It's called the Lave Avos song entitled Bishvi Lee. Benny Freeman before that with rockby Yachad. Wednesday morning, it's J.M. in the A.M. at 29 minutes after 7 o'clock with 72 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, and a high of 85. Plenty coming up between now and 9 a.m. We'll have tickets for the World Baseball Classic for the 22nd of September is Israel. The Israel National Baseball Team. Yes, there is an Israel National Baseball Team. They take on Great Britain at MCU Park in Brooklyn. Happens on the 22nd. Of September on that Thursday night. We'll have the details coming up, plus tickets to give away on the air here at JMNAM. So stay close to your uh, to your phone. You'll be able to call in and um, participate in that contest. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonish Masar Rav and Biosav and Esther Basar Biosav Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning, Chizuk. Good morning. Our Chachomim tell us in the Medr Shira Shirim
4: Hashem says, Open for me the door of repentance, the size of a needle's eye and I will open it for you so that wagons and carriages can pass through. When one is preoccupied with the materialistic aspects of this world, it's very difficult to accommodate any spirituality or intellect. In order to have such capacity, he has to remove himself slightly from the sheer materialism in this world. As Rabbi Yisrael stated, a little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness. We learn in Tona Develiyo that before a person prays that Divre Torah should become an integral part of his being, he should first pray that all of the materialism, the frivolities of this world, should not be an intrinsic component of his life. One should try to diminish his involvement with worldly pursuits in order to be able to welcome Torah into his heart. Our Chachomen point out that when Moshe Rabbeinu went to Shemaim to receive the Torah, he didn't eat or drink for 40 days. Despite the fact that every meal Moshe Rabbeinu ate was like a korban, like a sacrifice, and he was with the Malachim in heaven, nevertheless, in order to be on the elevated level worthy of receiving the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu had to detach himself from the pleasures of Hazeh for 40 days. It could be that the reason our degree of awe and trepidation is diluted is because we are steeped in Olamazeh, in the world of materialism. Our avoid in this world is to escape that aspect of Golos and to strive to reach greater heights in spirituality. Once, a messenger with a harsh demeanor, dressed fully in black, came to summon a person to the king's palace. The person, understandably, became alarmed. He shook with trepidation. He feared the king's cruel punishments. A wise man spoke up and said to him, What are you afraid of the messenger? He can't do anything to you without the command of the king. Why don't you scrutinize your deeds? If you have done nothing wrong, then hurry to the palace. Hear what the king has to say to you. At a different time, A messenger with a smiling face, dressed in white, arrived at the door of a man in order to summon him to the palace of the king. The man was very excited, and he began to dance with happiness. A wise man turned to him and said, Why are you dancing? How do you know that this messenger has good news? Don't assume anything based on the messenger's outward appearance. Rather, scrutinize your deeds. If you have been faithful to the king it's possible that's good news. If you have sinned, it may in fact not be so good. Similarly explains the Baal Shem Tov, a Jew should not judge himself by whether things look good or not. He must make a personal and Nephesh an accounting, to determine whether he has been loyal to the King. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
0: Elul Shofar blowing here at JMNAM as we blow Shofar each and every uh, Sunday through Friday during the month of Elul, except, well, not Shabbos, obviously, and not on Erev Rosh Hashanah. Welcome to a Wednesday. A lot of schools just starting today. A lot of school years just kicking off. We wish the best of luck to all the students out there, and of course to the parents and faculty, principals, everybody who is either getting ready with last-minute preparations or has uh, already embarked. On the brand new school year that we'll know as 5777. We wish Hatzlach HaRabah from all of us here at JM in the AM. Well, coming up, some of the uh, heroes of the um, uh, natural disasters that have occurred uh, around the United States include Yeshiva University students. What I mean by heroes are those who have helped uh, over the last couple of weeks, people who have been in really difficult situations. We'll meet some of those students this hour here at JM and the AM. Plus, we'll have those tickets I told you about for the World Baseball Classic. Rabbi Dove Lipman, one-time member of Knesset, is scheduled to join us. He has a speaking tour that's uh, starting very, very soon. We'll get to that coming up before 9 o'clock this morning. And plenty more between now and 9 a.m. A reminder, those of you who are in Chicago or have relatives and friends in Chicago, will be at the Jewel Osco Kosher Marketplace event this coming Sunday in Chicago. Actually, more uh, accurately, in Evanston, Illinois. So make sure to uh, tell your friends and relatives out there in the Windy City to come on by and to uh, say hi. We'll be there starting at uh, 1 p.m. Chicago time, so you'll hear it here uh, in the New York, New Jersey area, 2 p.m. Eastern time on the stream at jamnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. More coming up. Here's Jakob (laughs) Schwecki. (laughs)
5: يم كل كخ كشيم ما هي قد يومت شانا ابلا نيم خيخ
0: In the AM, it's Zakov Shweki. My sim is uh, from the CD entitled We Are a Miracle here at JM in the AM. Well, I mentioned earlier that um, <clears throat> there are people in this country that have really stepped up to help others over the last couple of weeks who have been victims of natural disasters and, and uh, people who have stepped up to help areas that are in dire need of uh, cleanup and rescue efforts, etc. And uh, Yeshiva University, as you would expect, is a uh, proud and uh, all of us in the community are proud of them um, have students who uh, who did just that over the last couple of weeks and we'll get into detail with a couple of the students coming up here at JMM. First though I'm going to introduce Rabbi uh, Kenneth Brander. Rabbi Brander is um, the uh, Vice President for University and Community Life at Yeshiva University. is with us live via telephone um, I just feel that uh, with the brand new school year and the brand new semester having started, we should get a report from him about the uh, incredible energy that I'm sure is up at the Yashiu University campuses in both Washington Heights and Midtown Manhattan. Rabbi Kenny Brander, welcome back to JM in the AM.
7: Thank you, Nahum. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to be back, and to, it's always a pleasure to to be part of your uh, wonderful radio show in the morning that that touches so many of us all over the Jewish world.
0: I greatly appreciate that, and we're going to speak to the students who are visiting me here this morning in studio in just a minute or two. I first wanted to just confirm with you that, in fact, there is an incredible, because there always is, (laughs) energy and vibrancy on all the campuses, but specifically up in Washington Heights for the men and in Midtown for the women as Yeshiva University has already begun the five seven 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 school year
7: most definitely you know our, our students uh started to come back actually two weeks ago those who are first time on campus and uh last week uh the students who are returning students uh they returned uh, to new and um renovated dormitories um, base smedrish, actually which is recent recently built, but we added uh, for the computers and everything else, a whole new set of uh, electrical systems so that everyone can plug in. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's nice to see a base measure filled with over a thousand, uh, young men in the morning. And it's night, it's not just one base measure. One base measure has a thousand. There's, uh, there's two others that are also filled. I um, mean, it's nice to see the energy at the Stern College campus also with a filled date midrash as well as, wonderful classes wonderful engagement it's just a very special place and when you see them all come together all the students both our new students and our returning students it's just really a privilege it's a privilege to be there and it's a privilege to be part of it
0: um, yeah it is an amazing place by the way uh, and i i stumbled on this piece of information because i'm being visited by two of your students uh, this morning uh... who were asking me about my early days uh, it was thirty three years ago today on September seventh that I left the uh the uh, confines of w y u r up at yeshiva University and walked into w f m u here for the first time so no coincidence that thirty three years later we are still touting the incredible life the incredible student life on the campus of yeshiva University.
7: Well, so we 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 are trying, you know, following in your footsteps, which anyone who's seen you knows was a big footsteps. <laughs> We're trying to make sure that uh, Yeshiva University continues uh, to 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 ensure that our students really have wonderful opportunities. So whether it's the academic opportunities that they have, the learning opportunities that they have, um they don't have to sacrifice to come here. They can achieve anything, and they are and they are achieving things both inside the classroom. Uh, You know, in outside classroom. You know, Nahum, I think it's important to mention, because I know we're going to focus on the Baton Rouge flood release, but I think it's also important to mention, you know, we had 60 students apply to law school last year. 100% of them got in. Not 98%, not uh, 99 100%. And a lot of them got in with full academic scholarships. We had 27 students apply to dental school last year. 96% uh, of them got in. Uh, we had students apply to medical school. Ninety-four percent of them got in. That's 44 students. And many of them got in with full academic uh, scholarships. So Yeshiva University is a place where not only can they have the opportunity to fly for a weekend uh to do flood relief and to, to be able to sit in the base medrash with really the top Torah personalities. Um but hundreds of our students are, are getting into the uh, graduate schools that they want to are getting uh, jobs that they want. Uh, 79% of our students uh, get scholarships and financial assistance because we want to make YU a reality for any student that it's appropriate. And that's the the specialness of Yeshiva University, and that continues to be the specialness of, of YU.
0: Well, no question about that. Don't have to convince me, that's for sure. And I hope people in our audience understand just how uh, how incredible a place it is. Uh, we have two guests in our studio. All right, Brando, let me speak with them for a couple of minutes, and then we'll get your impressions about their amazing efforts. Daniel Geller's here. He's a senior at Yeshiva College. He hails from Boca Raton, Florida. Daniel, welcome to JM in the AM.
8: Well, thank you very much, Nachum. It's great to be here. I appreciate that. And
0: uh, we have Zev Bihar, who's here from Seattle, Washington, also a senior at Yeshiva University. Welcome to you, sir. Thank you so much. All right, tell me how this all starts. Is this an official... Yeshiva University program. Are you approached by people at YU? Do you guys and your colleagues come up with this idea of going down to Louisiana? How does this all begin?
4: So
8: about a week and a half ago, we got an email to the entire student body, just informing them that this this flood happened in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about 22 inches of rain in 24 hours, and it wasn't exactly. Uh, it's not a flood zone, so it wasn't really expected by any means, and we got an email saying. Yeshiva University is sending a mission to Baton Rouge. Please email us back, fill out this form if you're, if you're interested. And surely this was in the middle of orientation and everyone's <laughs> trying to get everything together. But more than anything, it was just uh, a call to action for the student body saying this is something we value and we want to be able to give the students the opportunity to really make an impact in the area. How large was the contingent? So about 70 people applied, 14 of them were, were able to, were accepted. 70
0: people to. were ready to go down? 14 get accepted. Four, so you're, you, the two of you and 12 others are down on this trip. Well, 12 students and two chaperones. So. Oh, good point. 12 and right. two. And um, h- how do you even know where to begin? How do you know where to go? How do you know, you know where you're most needed? Wh- wh- what you could do to you know, to help out the most in the few days you're down there? Well, we worked with this wonderful
9: organization called Nahama, and they do disaster relief all over America. And so when we reached the disaster sites, they basically guided us completely and just told us exactly where
0: we needed to be and what we had to do. Okay, and that included what? Tell us some of the activities you embarked on when you entered Baton Rouge. Removing 500-pound
9: water-filled moldy mattresses was a highlight.
0: <laughs> and at the same time watching the families who own those Who own those things, I assume, assume in complete shock at this point, right? Yes.
8: Well, the flood happened about three weeks ago. Right. So just given that they've had time to let it sink in a little bit. But as far as our activities, everything from removing all the personal items from the house to to the curb, all of them covered in mold. Um, There was even some concern about asbestos being in the walls, things like that. So from clearing out all the personal items, tearing up all the floorboards, cutting down all the drywall from, from floor to ceiling, and uh, removing all the insulation, just completely the
0: opposite of construction. Right. See, I would think that even three weeks later, it would be a very emotional and difficult time for the people because they are watching, you know, even though they've seen their belongings destroyed, nonetheless, they're seeing it all being schlepped out in, in the condition that it's in yeah
9: one of the hardest parts was really uh, one of the people that we helped. she ran a wedding planning business, and all of her supplies were destroyed in the flood and it was we basically had to remove everything that her livelihood and she kept trying to save some things and we kept having to tell her no like they 're all moldy
0: you can't use any of this and that was really sad. Are all of you at the same location? are all twelve people at the are you all working at the same house at once? How does it go?
8: Yes, we were all brought to the same location every day, which was having over fourteen people on every scene allowed us to be very efficient and we were able to do cover four houses in four days. So we were we tried to get as much done in the time yeah. that we had a lot. Sounds
0: pretty efficient actually. Yeah. With the Yeshiva University students Daniel Geller and Zev BR who are here back from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right, so now of course, from our angle, the most important thing. Did the people uh, down in Louisiana, realized that you were from Yeshiva University.
8: After a bit of explanation, <laughs> they they promised to come visit when they're up in New York. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and we were uh, the student body was actually invited to a few barbecues down there during their spring break, so we'll be sure to, Right. some crawfish is on the menu, um, but they were definitely... <laughs> You'll be eating your peanut butter sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But they were definitely very appreciative. Um, not, not many of them had heard of Yeshiva University, right. but we were all wearing our Yeshiva University shirts and we made it very clear that this is something that our university values and Sending students to help those who are less fortunate. I mean,
0: I would assume they've never met members of the Jewish community. Many of the people you saw down there until they had met you, right? Or is that is that not necessarily true these days? That is accurate, accurate. right? Yeah, they live in very um, not to say
8: isolated communities, but the Jewish community itself is just very focused in certain areas, which isn't necessarily part of where the flooding happens so they had very little exposure
0: to jewish life right so they meet you guys and obviously you make a very nice impression (laughs) right and offered us crawfish (laughs) (laughs) right daniel geller and zev bihar here in studio at jm and the am um how does one i know it's hard especially just a couple of days later but have you evaluated for yourself what this experience has meant for you i know it's hard to see life-changing experiences within hours of having completed them but what would you say? How would you evaluate in retrospect what this was like for you?
9: Um, well, personally, this might have been the most meaningful thing I've done while I've been at YU. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had a couple of years, it was last summer, I think they had another disaster relief in Houston, and I tried to get on that one and couldn't make it. So I, I was very happy that I was able to do this one. And it, there was just so much emotion put into every action, just because you know that every single thing that you pick up. Although, personally, I had no idea what it was, it meant so much to the owner of the house, and it was just, it was so difficult to be throwing all those things away, so
0: it was a very meaningful experience. Did they discuss with you where they're going from here? And the whole, you know, psychological and practical aspect of all this. I mean, I would assume they're in some type of temporary housing at this point, right? Or living with friends or relatives, or you know, everyone's got their own story, right?
8: Right. So a lot of who the people we met with, thank God, have family in the area right. that is um, hosting them for the time being. <coughs> Unfortunately, because like I said, this area wasn't in a flood zone, a lot of them don't have flood insurance. Right. So it was, and that's why Nahama kind of triages that that service, realizing who needs help the most, who who needs? Um, who doesn't have so many people living with them that can even assist them with clearing out their houses. So that's why those houses were given priority. But they are living with friends, with family, um, in shelters in nearby areas. It's really just uh, they have no idea how long the process is going to take until they're able to move back into their house. It needs to be completely bleached, bleached out, re- right. restructured, and it's going to be a long process. Did you them.
0: meet a lot of little kids in these families who were, you know, Enjoying the adventure of of all this, but nonetheless, you know, not realizing how what kind of impact this is going to have on their lives. Um, actually, none of the houses we worked
9: on uh... had any children living in the houses. Uh. One person was pregnant, um, but that was the closest we got to. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Rabbi Kenny Brander is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Brander, what are your impressions as you listen in on this discussion about the yeshiva university students down in Baton Rouge? I mean, it's always
7: impressive. To, to see students who literally, you know, came came to YU just uh, a few days earlier, literally dropped their bags uh, within an hour of sending out that email. We had the, uh, you know, seventy or eighty students that wanted to go. We obviously had to be concerned about the safety and security of our students, and therefore we only uh, sent a small contingent. Um, and you know, again, it's just a wonderful. It's wonderful to hear. Uh, the experiences they had. They also were involved with Chabad over Shabbat, mm. I believe, uh, helping them. And and before before we before they left, we had a little orientation, mostly focused on safety um, and how we wanted to make sure. Obviously, there are students, we want to make sure they're safe. But we learned together a little bit. You know, there's a Gemara in Gitin on page 61a that speaks about the responsibility to help Jews and non-Jews. And the Gemara ends, shalom, uh, for the sake of peace. And we discussed the different approaches to that together. You know, what does that mean for the sake of peace? And that one school of thought is that it's for the sake of peace so that we, there shouldn't be anti-Semitism. Uh-huh. That's why we help the larger community. But then we, we studied the Rambam, Maimonides, and the laws of Malachim, of Kings, uh, the 10th chapter, the 12th uh, halacha which speaks about the idea of responsibility to, to help Jews and non-Jews. Medvedak Shalom, for peace. But then the Rambam, my mommy, adds two verses. And that is, it's about imitating God. And just like God uh, loves and has mercy on all cre- creation, we too have to be engaged in all society, keeping our Torah values, Engaging in the world through the prism of those values.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: And I think that this is what our students celebrate uh, this rambam and this responsibility. So when you hear, when I'm hearing on the radio, they just came back uh, yesterday, so I haven't <laughs> had the time to debrief with them. Although a few of them stopped by my office, you know, uh, I, 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 was, I was somewhere else when they, when, when they came by. But to hear this and to recognize that it doesn't just transform them. It doesn't just affect the, you know, the 14 uh, people that we set. It, it affects the campus culture, because they come back, they speak to their friends, it's the conversation, and, and the culture is that uh, Torah is important to study, and Torah is important to celebrate in our actions, and that's what I'm hearing, and that's what I'm so proud about.
0: Rabbi Brander with us live via telephone. We have Daniel Geller and Zev Br here in studio, um, seniors at Yeshiva University. So, Monday Labor Day, you were still schlepping out stuff.
5: Oh yes, that was All the last. Day.
0: That was the last day you were doing it. Exactly. And what was the end of the day like? Each time, it was just one big thank you, thank you, thank you. It was one big. I can't believe you guys did this for us and you know, and God bless you? Was it that type of of goodbye each and every day? Well, we were naturally disgusting, so
8: there weren't so many (laughs) hugs being given out. And I assume you're joking
0: when you say that. Oh,
8: absolutely, (laughs) right. right. Um, But really, every... Every house that we went to between the Nechama coordinators and the, the owners of the home were incredibly appreciative for what, we, for what we were doing there. They were thanking God for sending such incredible people to,
0: to help them in their time of need. And Barry um, Brander mentioned Chabad. Did they need a lot of help in Chabad? Or they were so good on their own? Was Chabad going on? was
8: about an hour and a half from the flood zone, uh-huh. so they were not impacted by any I means. Certainly during Katrina, they, right. they had very fond memories of yeah. what, what being flood victims is. But we were just really there, being members of the community, and right. you know, we had uh, we had dinner at the at the Chabad rabbi's house, and it was just a, an incredible experience just to see a different community to, other than our New York communities, our Seattle communities, our Florida communities.
0: Right. They helped us more than we helped them. Uh, and you mean that in a? Uh they fed us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant it in a philosophical way. <laughs> um, what, what are you guys pursuing? I love asking when seniors from, and, and usually when we do interview uh, um, students from Yeshiva University who are involved in special projects, very often they are seniors. <coughs> uh, what are you pursuing? What are your, what are your goals, uh, Zev Bihar of Seattle, Washington? Uh, I'm a psychology major in Yeshiva College. Nice. My goals are not quite known yet, do you know if you'll stick around the New York area after this college experience? you're not sure yet,
9: uh probably for a little bit. My eventual goal is to move back to Seattle, but for now, I think it's going to be easier to just stay here
0: and uh, Daniel Geller from Boca Raton, Florida, what are your plans So I'm currently a major
8: in finance um So this experience was definitely a little bit out of the classroom setting. (laughs) That's for sure. um, The goal is... Unless
0: the course is about value of homes,
8: I guess. Right, exactly, exactly. But the goal is certainly to move... I like to think I live in paradise where everyone vacations. Right. Um, so the goal is certainly to go back to Florida after a couple of years in the New York City area. Interesting. And they sometimes are hit with
0: bad weather. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, but I don't know, as far north as Boca also, it could happen? Yeah, hurricanes does, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Hey, see see what I know about yeah. that <laughs> area? Uh, so there you have it. Two uh, great students representing a group that went down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to help with disaster relief after the flood. And uh, to you and your colleagues, we say a Kavod, of course, and... Um, uh, a real pleasure meeting you both here today. Right, Brander, you have a lot to be proud of. We always say this to you. And uh, everybody at Yeshiva University uh, has a lot to be proud of. And look, you have you have two people here who are uh, not necessarily staying in the New York area after graduation. They'll be heading to other communities around the country to bring their uh, incredible experience at YU to uh, to other cities.
7: Yeah, we we strongly believe that, you know, we want to share with our students, that the Jewish community is, uh, passed in the Jersey Turnpike. Right. Under the popular belief sometimes for so those who live in the tri state area.
2: <laughs> and we don't
7: call it out of town living, we call it normal living. Um, and, uh, we're very happy, you know, a little less than 50% of our students come from out of the tri state area. And it's a wonderful mix when you have students from the five towns who think you need a passport go past Rockaway Turnpike, and students, you know, who live in Seattle and Florida and other places, and they just really interact with each other. And our students benefit from seeing the five-towns community and the richness of the five-towns community and of the t community. And then they realize that there's certain energies there that they can bring back to their community. And then our students in the New York area go visit their friends, often during various breaks. And they see the value that they can have in some of the communities out of the New York area, and they decide to make their lives there. And you know, I personally witnessed that in Boca, and um, and I'm and 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 we're seeing that, and it's it's just a wonderful. Um, mix that you see on the campus and the wonderful energy that they share
0: with other. Did you know that Rory Brander has a history with Boca Raton? I do indeed. You're familiar with that? Oh, very much How so. long has it been, Rory Brander? How long ago did you do... Uh... It's, uh, it's a little bit more than 10 years. Wow. Uh... Well, you certainly made quite an impact on that community, and you must be very proud to see how it's grown to this point. Just incredible. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us and continue to be proud. Right, Brander, of course, is Vice President of University and Community Life at Yeshiva University. Always a pleasure to speak with you.
7: Thank you, Nacho. And again, uh, we, we always appreciate what you do, not only for, for us at Yeshiva University, but really what you do for the Jewish community and inspire all of us. Thank
0: you, Nathan. I Thank you so much for that. Um, gentlemen, as I said, a pleasure meeting both of you. So if I'm in Seattle, right, if I'm in Seattle... I have, a, I have a choice of uh, how many synagogues. You walk out of your house, you can go to how many different synagogues on a Shabbos morning if you wanted to? Five. There are about five?
9: And then there's a Chabad in the north end.
0: Kosher restaurant, in Seattle? Or?
9: There are two
0: and a half. Two and a half kosher restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> and you, do you know the total Jewish population of Seattle offhand or not? Like, what could it be around? I have Any zero idea? idea. Less than Boca, huh?
9: I, I've never been to Boca. I don't even know where Boca really is <laughs> that's in
0: Florida. Funny. I don't know if it's up or down.
4: <laughs> that's funny.
0: Boca's like booming, right?
4: Oh, yeah.
8: It's, thank God, a very, <laughs> it's a busy community. Very active
0: community. Oh, yes.
9: Exact opposite side of America. This right.
0: is, yeah, that's true. Boy, a trip from Boca to Seattle. We don't go there too often. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, there you have it. All right, my thanks to Daniel Geller and Zev Bihar. They are seniors at Yeshiva University. Uh, call kavod, gentlemen, and tell your colleagues who are on the trip that we are great admirers of what they did. Of course. Thank you very much. It doctor. is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9, and the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. In the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, round the world in the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
1: A co doisz po ruchu,
2: omar,
1: omar, a Sell my a so
0: J.M. in the AM, that's Avramo Avram Freed, live in Israel with Lo Avo here on a J.M. in the AM Wednesday morning. Broadcast. 72 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, and a high temperature of 85. Um, this coming September 22nd, Israel plays in the World Baseball Classic, believe it or not, at MCU Park in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we have tickets for that, uh, for that contest. It's Israel versus Great Britain on the night of. September 22nd. Uh you can get tickets by going to the Brooklyn Cyclones website or by calling now and being call number 10 at 201-209-9368. 201-209-9368. Call now be call number 10. Those tickets are yours. From all of us here at JM in the AM. Sam in the AM, congratulations going out to listener Avram in Clifton, New Jersey. Picked up a pair of tickets, or I should say more accurately, a four-pack of tickets for the MCU Park uh, game between Israel and Great Britain happening on the 22nd of um, September, Thursday night. The World Baseball Classic. We're all going to come out and root for Israel that night, of course. And uh, information, go to worldbaseballclassic.com or to Brooklyn Cyclones' website. You can purchase your tickets Group sales, etc. is all there on the site. Hey, I want to wish a Mazel Tov to the Green and Williger families. On Monday, Ruchi Green and Maishi Williger were married, and this is the son of our good friends um, Mr. and Mrs. Srilly Williger. So we take this opportunity to wish them a very special Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. And um, yeah, we're all getting old. The, uh, or older, I should say, <laughs> the Willigers have married off their their maishi. and we say mazal tov from all of us here at JMAM. Also, I wanted there was a simcha back in August. I wanted to acknowledge on the air, uh, which uh, I neglected to do so, and I apologize. Mazal tov going out to the Itzkowitz and Krolik families. Um, uh, beautiful wedding in uh, Brooklyn, New York, from uh, all accounts, as Batya and Jared. We're married back on the 23rd of August, so we say Mazal Tov uh, to uh, both of them, and a special shout out to the Itzkowitz family from all of us here at JM in the AM. Seventeen minutes after eight o'clock. Reminder: If you know people in Chicago, let them know we'll be there over the weekend. We've got the um, we've got the uh, the big show going on at 2 p.m. Eastern time. It's 2 p.m. Eastern time, one o'clock Chicago time. Uh, at Jewel Osco in Evanston, Illinois. It's happening this coming Sunday. It's called the Taste of Kosher Food Fair. From what I am told, in uh, Chicago, everybody knows about this event. And we will be there actually broadcasting on a Sunday live lunch beginning at 1 p.m. Chicago time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, Country Us and Uncle Misha are going to be out there. So if you know people in Chicago, friends, relatives, business associates, uh, people who you know live out there, uh, let them know that they should come by and say hi. Should be a lot of fun. And a big shout out to Yussi and Devora and everybody at Traveler's Choice. You know, if we're traveling, that they're, of course, uh, behind the effort, making it as easy and as comfortable and as, uh, efficient as possible. So thank you so much to Yossi and Devora and everybody at Traveler's Choice for all of their help. I am sure they are very, very busy this time of year, to say the least, with, um, all the people who are planning their, um, Sukkot trips. And uh, all the back and forth that's happening between here and Israel and so many other places. So, again, we thank and um, and um, acknowledge our friends at Traveler's Choice. Hey, I got a note from listener Sina. At least it, it looks like it's from her. It says Ima and Abba at the bottom. But she often signs these uh, Mazel Tov wishes that way. extremely warm south florida wishes go out to our number one daughter shoshana gifter of staten island celebrating a special birthday today shoshana your accomplishments never cease to amaze us in addition to raising your own beautiful family together with yaakov you've helped hundreds of children reach for the stars through your extraordinary work in special ed thank you for all the nachas and the day you were born right up to this very moment You are the proverbial gift that keeps on giving. Wishing you a wonderful year ahead and many, many more. Happy birthdays and good health till 120. That comes from Ima and Abba. We know them as Sina and Ira down in Florida. Dedicated JMNAM listeners, and we thank them. And um, we love getting their Mazel Tov and birthday wishes on the air here at JM in the AM. Um... Also, um, we were asked to announce that today is the 23rd yard site of a Jeanette Rosenberg, Shana Yenta, Rum, And, um, we were asked to uh, mention that on the air. And uh, that was from listener Jason. And of course, in a shamash to have an Aliyah. And, um, I thank you for letting us know that today is the art side. Twenty minutes after eight o'clock, it's J M and the AM as we continue with R A Kunstler.
2: And with tears they pray to heaven for their precious little gem. May the Tyra always be the sweet behind But as the boy grows older and Kamara leads his day, that passion for his Tahira
6: learning slowly fades away. For he struggles with each sullyah, and he tires from despair.
2: If Gemara is so challenging, doesn't even pay to care. The Harib make it sweet for us again. Like the honey that we tasted years before. We
0: The brand new one from Baruch Levine and Simcha Leiner, Vaharevna. David Lowy, Tamim Sheyetov. You heard Shlomo Simcha brand new with Nerdo Lake. Kunstler had Wednesday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM. Rabbi Dov Lipman is with us uh, live via telephone. Rabbi Lipman was elected to the 19th Knesset back in 2013, becoming the first U.S.-born member of Knesset. In three decades, uh, Nefesh Benefesh presents Behind the Scenes in the Knesset, My Life in Israel with Aradov Littman, starting September the 11th. That's a Sunday through the 17th, taking place in New York, New Jersey, and Los Angeles. He speaks at O.F. Tzedek, O.Z. on the Upper West Side this coming Sunday night. Beth Aaron and Teaneck on Monday night, September the 12th. Young Israel, Jamaica Estates, Tuesday the 13th, and he heads to L.A., uh, for a couple of speaking engagements and wraps up in Sherman Oaks on Sunday night, September the 18th. Rabbi Dove Lippmann, welcome back to JM and the AM.
10: Thank you, Nachum. It's great to be back with you.
0: I appreciate that. I know it may be difficult to uh, put this in a sentence or two, but as you look back at your time in the Knesset, is it generally good memories, complicated memories, or much of both? <laughs>
10: It's it's a lot of both, uh, but but even the complications are good memories, meaning the fact that you have complications sitting in a parliament in Israel, our own parliament, a place where we can determine our future, even when it's complicated, you have to take a step back and say, Oh, my goodness, what amazing times we live in. What a blessing uh, we have that we can be in this kind of uh, place and, and, and have this kind of impact and influence. So I have to say that all around, if you look at the package together, uh, it was a fantastic experience, and I'm looking forward to going back. The um,
0: You know, it's interesting, if we would go back to some of the conversations we had both on and off the air when you first became a member of Knesset, you had... You had amazing dreams, uh, especially the ones that involved bridging gaps and trying to unite. And we know how important Jewish unity is. It may not be a more important topic, frankly, uh, internationally for our community than that. Um, we know how hard you work to try to unite different factions and you know people who come from different places. And I don't just mean geographic places, if you know what I mean. Was it a successful effort? Did you feel you made progress in a very difficult environment to unify people?
10: There was a significant progress. And, um, you know, people ask me sometimes in terms of what, what do I think we accomplished during the two years that I was in Knesset. There's no doubt the number one accomplishment, uh, which was an honor for me to be part of, I was the head of the Knesset Task Force to help Dim go to work. And we set up projects throughout Israel to help Haridim get training, and to actually find jobs. And thousands of young men uh, were able to join the workforce because of that. And joining the workforce doesn't only mean they actually can support their families with dignity, it's actually the first place where they're really meeting secular Israel, and vice versa. Secular Israel is meeting them. And all the myths and stigmas that they've been told their whole lives become shattered from both sides. The uh, religious side realize secular people might live a different way of life, but are, could be wonderful, wonderful people. And the secular side realizes that Haridim are not what they've been portrayed to be, perhaps, in the media or what they see in the Knesset. And they see that they're wonderful people and they can actually be friends with one another. And I saw how breaking down those barriers generates that unity. And Israel is ripe for this. We're seventy, are we pushing 70 years old, and it's time, after decades of fighting with one another, to try to see where can we have interface with one another and actually get to understand uh, one another. And that, without a doubt, uh, was our greatest accomplishment and something which gave me great hope for the future in terms of where we can go with all of this.
0: Yeah, some of the veterans out there uh, who remember the quote-unquote you know, old days might even argue that, with that, that we're already at a point... In terms of being unified and understanding other sides and other positions, you know, that we're in much better shape than the way things were. I don't know, sixty, seventy, eighty years ago. But as you just mentioned, there's still a lot of work to be done, and whatever we can do to make progress in this area, it's so important to do so.
10: And, and, I, and I actually think, I actually think that English speakers in particular uh, can play a really significant role here, because the whole idea of of not viewing populations, you know, in terms of just their boxes, I think we're able to look beyond that much more naturally uh, than they can in Israel. And uh, I hear repeatedly in Israel that people are so thankful for what they view as a refreshing perspective uh, in terms of how we can coexist and, and have tolerance for one another, and that's something which we really bring. It doesn't have to be on a Knesset level. It could be on a neighborhood level or a city level that English speakers can make a real impact when it comes to this area.
0: And I can't imagine that when you embarked on the employment program, for instance, that you're, you know, at the top of the agenda was, you know, unifying people. I assume that was just a pleasant byproduct of the whole effort.
10: It was, for sure. I mean, I always knew that it could generate that kind of result and and was confident. I'll just give you one example. One CEO who we had to convince to hire it's a It's difficult sometimes them to Man. open their companies to people who they are not sure what kind of pressures will they put on them. Will they make demands about the women? Will they make demands about the kitchen? And we reassure them that generally when Haridim want to go to work, they want to be part of society, and they're not looking to bring these kinds of demands. He contacted me, and he told me that within his company, a Haredi from a mainstream Haredi city was making a bar mitzvah, and invited all the company to come, including the secular people. No demands how they dress, no demands from them whatsoever. And that for those who understand the Haredi community, that's an incredibly bold step to just open the the the, the hall in your community for secular people to come in. And then they said the flip side happened, the opposite as well. One of the chilonim, one of the secular people in the company, was getting married and asked two bells Chasidim from the company to be the witnesses <laughs>
2: uh, at,
10: at his wedding. And again, I don't want to suggest that we've reached utopia. We've, <laughs> right. we've reached Point where all is well, but it certainly gives you a glimpse of what can happen when you actually successfully break down that barrier and they come together.
0: Yeah, nothing like meeting people and interacting with them. I mean, I've quoted Shlomo Kalbach a million times on this topic. He always said if he just had an opportunity to go and meet everybody, then you know people would get along so much better. And uh, and it's true. When you have personal interaction, when it's you know generally pleasant, etc., and people make an effort to make sure it's pleasant, uh, then only great things can come from it.
10: And by the way, Nachum, that's something which happens in the Knesset as well, and people don't realize. Wait a second! <laughs> wait
0: a wait a second, Rabbi Lipman. You can't possibly suggest on public airwaves that there's that there's, that there's an atmosphere of calm and camaraderie <laughs> in the Knesset. Come on!
10: <laughs> you would not believe you would not believe some of the friendships that exist there. When I say friendships, I mean somebody from the far left Merits party with somebody in the far right Jewish home party and in the plenum itself you will see them at each other's throats and outside of that room they are the best of friends on the deepest of levels Uh, and these were things which I saw and it taught me a lesson because I would read uh, the newspaper before I was in the Knesset and see what people said about whatever the issue was and say to myself how is this person a Jew how are they a Zionist and take it to the personal level and then I came to the Knesset and I realized that's just not the case there's politics and we have ideological disagreements and there's a lot of showboating as well or, or show in the Knesset itself but behind the scenes, there was so much more camaraderie and unity than people realize, and I think it's an important lesson for us to take to our communities as well. Because I have no doubt that within schools and within shuls uh, and, and federations, you have disagreements, and all too often we let it go to the point of the personal as well. And I really learned in the Knesset, which is probably the epitome of, <laughs> of a place where we think there's a, a polarization, that it's just not the case. That when it's all said and done, we are one family, and we so, do have each other. So everybody and we don't have to let it become personal.
0: So, so everybody leaves the sharp tongue on the Knesset floor?
10: I, I can't say everybody. <laughs> you also learn the Knesset, not to ever say everybody, but uh, far higher percentages than, than your listeners could possibly imagine really do leave it on the floor. And I'll also say, even when it doesn't get to personal relationships, there's a lot of reaching out to other parties and uh, political adversaries in areas where you can agree with each other. So, you can find someone who you really do disagree with, and maybe you're not best of friends with, mm-hmm. but you are able to work together with them in areas where you agree. And that, there's a tremendous amount. Again, that's politics in general, right. but you really see it, I think, at a deeper level than you might see in other parliaments because we realize that we're, we're Jewish people in a Jewish state uh, living in this incredible time, and we have to work together to try to make things better. You've
0: written a book about this experience already, or that's coming up, or, or what? The,
10: the book is out. Uh, the book is out. It's called An American MK. And uh, behind the scenes of the 19th Connecticut, how, how, how long has it been uh, out? How long has it been out? It's been out for a number of months. It's through Trafford Publishing, and uh, there's actually a website at americanmk.com, uh, and you can order the book there. And my goal in, in, in bringing these stories to the broader public is very much for people to realize um, that olim, especially North American Jewish olim, can really make a difference. And it doesn't have to be, I was fortunate to, to make it to the Knesset, and I'm, I know that it's not going to be the path that everybody takes, but every single immigrant uh, can make a difference and can absolutely uh, play a role in the development of the state of Israel. What, what greater uh, effort can there be? for someone that to know that you're part of the development of this incredible thing called Israel.
0: Unbelievable. Rabbi Dov Lipman is with us. He'll head to Los Angeles a week from today. Before that, he's in this area Sunday, this coming Sunday night at OZ, Oav Tzedek on West 95th Street. Monday night, he'll be at Beth Aaron on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck. And Tuesday night, September 13th, next week at the Young of Jamaica Estates before he heads to L.A. to wrap up the tour. Well, I guess you just explained it, but why don't I ask you directly uh, why Nefesh Benefesh is in fact presenting this uh, speaking tour?
10: Yes, yeah, so there's no doubt that uh, you know if we, if we talk about Aliyah in our times, and especially North American Aliyah, you can't talk about that without bringing Nefesh nefesh into the picture, and it's never been, you know, our ancestors have imagined that a time would come not only that we return to the land of Israel, but that there'd be an organization which helps you from A to Z from the moment you decide you want to make Aliyah, till you uh, get to the plane, till you arrive, and even afterwards, helping you uh, get settled, finding jobs, and always having someone to turn to. And I feel that uh, this organization wants people to understand that the incredible times that we live in and that you really can find your place in Israel. There's a lot of fear associated with making Aliyah, leaving family, will I have a community, Uh, the language issues, culture issues. And part of what I'm going to try to convey in my story, and for those who are thinking about coming, uh, the presentation will be filled with behind-the-scenes stories uh, from the Knesset. It'll be entertaining, but also uh, hopefully educational. Uh, But part of the lesson is to realize that we, we can overcome those issues. Believe me, Hebrew was an obstacle for me. Believe me, the culture of the Knesset was an obstacle for me. I like to tell people that uh, you know, I, I interned in Congress when I was younger, and, uh, one time somebody yelled, You lie to the President of the United States, and it became a fiasco for months. And right. they that's every five minutes. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a different environment. And these are all barriers, but we're able to overcome those barriers, and we're able to make a difference. And uh, I have no doubt that Nefesh Benefesh would love to be faced with the problem of tens of thousands of North Americans who are uh, trying to make Aliyah and trying to deal with that challenge. And hopefully uh, the message can resonate uh, in terms of the difference that we can make. And I, I really believe with great passion that uh, my own personal belief is that you know when we talk about all the challenges that we have in Israel in terms of de- demographics and internal strife, uh, the North American Jewish community can make a massive difference in all of this. And instead of uh, sitting back and and, and you know complaining about what's happening in Israel or worrying about what's happening in Israel, we can actually stand up and take part in it and then try to make a real difference. And I hope that uh, people will be able to hear that message uh, through the stories and through my own personal story and also through the behind-the-scenes look at the Knesset, which I'll give in these presentations. It's
0: a great message. All right, you're at o O.F. Tzedek on Sunday on the Upper West Side, Beth Aaron and Teaneck on Monday night, Tuesday night, the Young Israel Jamaica Estates, and you head to L.A., To wrap up the speaking engagement, it's Nefesh B'Nefesh's presentation of Rabbi Dov Lipman Behind the Scenes in the Knesset, My Life in Israel. He will speak about all these issues and speak about his journey from new Oled to active player on the Israeli political scene. He was a member of Knesset beginning in 2013, the 19th Knesset of the State of Israel. I assume the um, the speaking schedule is online somewhere?
10: Yes, the Nefesh nefesh has it. i am also been posting regularly on Facebook, and hopefully uh, the flyers are, are making the rounds. And I, I really look forward to uh, meeting people in all these communities and also giving time for questions. I have no doubt that people have questions about Israeli politics, about the Knesset, about the Aliyah, and uh, we'll open the floor. Uh, as I like to say, I went through two election campaigns in Israel. Uh, there's no question that's too difficult or too personal uh, for me to be able to hear, and I will open the floor to that as well, and I really look forward to that conversation. Hey,
0: by the way, Rabbi Lippman, I know you're an Israel baseball fan. You know that the uh, national team is playing here on the 22nd of September in Brooklyn?
10: Not only am I an Israel baseball fan, I have the pleasure. You want to talk about Aliyah Dream (laughs) of sitting back... Sitting back in a field of dreams in Petach Tikva, watching my son as the starting pitcher for the Israel national <gasps> team in the European Championships this past summer. So is uh, he get, you is sit he... there, and I, and I have to tell you, standing there and watching them in their baseball uniforms, uh, hearing how Tikva played before the game, and then following you with the umpire saying "play ball" and watching your son pitching against Ukraine and Lithuania and Russia. Uh, there's nothing with Israel across his chest. Uh, there's nothing like this, my friends. I mean, for Americans to see that combination, and I do hope that people in the tri-state area will go cheer on uh, Team Israel in the qualifiers for the Israel Baseball Classic.
0: Is your son going to be in for that?
10: He's not. Uh, you know, life in Israel is complex, and not only do you have baseball, but you also have yeshiva and army. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm proud of the fact that my son had his place to play baseball, but is also recognizing that uh, during El in and Karen Biavna, uh, a few months before he goes to the army, uh, that's not the time for him to be traveling to play baseball. Wow. But I guarantee you he'll be following the games. A lot of his good friends are on the team.
0: All right, let him know that uh, we'll be there and we'll be cheering on his teammates. Amazing. Uh, Rabbi Lippman, good speaking with you. Uh, Good luck on the tour, and kudos to everybody at Nefesh Benefesh. You know, we consider both uh, Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart uh, Jewish 21st century heroes. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but we put them in the category of 21st century heroes in the Jewish world.
10: Well, I can tell you this. I would not have made Aliyah or been able to make Aliyah without their help. So uh, they are national heroes in my mind, but also personal heroes in my mind, and the entire staff there and all the work they do to make it so Simple to make Aliyah. I mean, obviously Aliyah is complicated, but the process, uh, which would be so difficult on your own, and also even financial help. And uh, it is, once you're here, lobbying in the Knesset. I worked in the Knesset together with them to try to make things better uh, for English-speaking Olim. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic organization, and uh, and yes, I absolutely view them as heroes as well.
0: Kolikovo, great speaking with you, and good luck on the tour.
10: Take care. We'll be in touch.
0: by Dove Lipman here at JM and the AM. Wow. A lot of good messages in that conversation. Eight minutes before 9 o'clock Wednesday morning, JMM. Coming up at 9, it's the brand-new program that we call Bite Size, hosted by the non-Bite Size host, Yoni Pollack. Yoni Pollack, a young man who's got a promising future, uh, is hosting what we call Bite Size, which will feature um, a different uh, different segments uh, called together by Yoni on a weekly basis uh, of interest to uh, this wonderful audience. You'll hear it every single... Um, Wednesday at 9 a.m. in this time slot, I should say 9 a.m. here at dot org and on the NSN app. Today he's going to present a uh, full-length interview with Jordan B. Gorfinkel, the one and only Gorf, who previews the upcoming Jewish Comic Con. That's right, there's a Jewish Comic Con, and Gorf is going to present it. Then the encore presentation of Top 9 at 9, Z Report with Yussi Zweig, the Live Lunch Z Report coming up at uh, 11, and um, uh, plenty more happening as you... Uh, tune into the stream. Want to again remind everybody we'll be in Evanston, Illinois, Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time is when we'll start at jamnam.org and on the NSN app at the, uh, at the, um, at Jewel Osco, uh, kosher marketplace event. If you know anybody in Chicago, tell them to stop by and say hi to us. Big shout out to our friends at Traveler's Choice. We're always behind our incredible, uh, uh travel, uh, all the, uh, wonderful places we get to go to. And you know that uh, Yassi and Devorah and their staff at Traveler's Choice are always behind us, and we thank them. I know they're very busy these days because of the upcoming Sukkot rush, uh, but yet they are always there for us, and it's much appreciated. Wednesday morning broadcast, ready to wrap things up with pure soul at JM&AM.
6: Ik alles Maar hij, het niet Weil ik weis, in ik hoop, je kind of ben je schande, toe de schande, toch een De klaar.
0: Levy Falkowitz wrapping up a uh, Wednesday for us here at JM and the AM. Hey, I want to wish a mazaltov. Zalmi Lieber and Leah Kirshner, uh, they are getting married tonight. And we say mazaltov from all of us here at JM and the AM. And a special shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Chaim Kirschner. And anybody who walks into Garden of Eden on Avenue J today, you make sure to wish Chaim a very, very Big Mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Achin Abishal and Achim Mechem, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. wraps up a uh, Wednesday broadcast for us. We're back starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Yoni Pollock is next at jmm.org and on the NSN app with the Jordan B. Gorfinkel presentation about Jewish comic-con uh, that is coming up next in the bite-size program uh, which is actually premiering for us next uh, at jmnam.org. Have a fabulous Wednesday till tomorrow Alham Siegel reminding you remember the past, live the present and trust the future.